Hey everybody, welcome to the third and final episode of the micro-series about courage, where I invite listeners to share short writings and reflections about what courage looks like when dealing with cancer and grief. In the last episode, we heard from folks who talked about moving forward, despite being scared and having limited control over their situations. In today's episode, we're going to hear from a few people who talked about finding strength, oftentimes from subtle but profound internal shifts, and sometimes it's gathering the courage to ask for help. First, we'll hear from Suze, who first shared her story in episode 27 last year. At the time, she was a full-time caregiver for her husband, and I was so grateful that she took an hour of respite time to share her story for the podcast. A lot has changed since then. Let's hear from her. Throughout the 15 months when my husband was diagnosed with cancer, to him dying and then transitioning into my own grief journey and life without him, there's been a lot of people who have said to me right from the beginning, you're so strong. And I would cringe a bit when I would hear that. And I've had to reflect a little bit on that to figure out why I felt that way, why I would discredit everything I've been through as something mediocre or not deserving of validation. I mean, was it because I was awkward with compliments? (laughs) But really, I think the answer that makes most sense to me is that the reason I've struggled with being told I'm strong is because it means I've had something that I've had to be strong for and the attachment to suffering that it has. It kind of leaves me a little bit feeling sad, I guess. I mean, I've lost my husband, who was the love of my life. We were happy. The years were just going by with normalcy and peace. And then he had a brain tumor and then a stroke. And I took care of him because he required total care. And when the cancer came back, I advocated for him to die by medical assistance and dying because he wanted to die. So people looking on the outside in would continue to view me as this incredibly brave and strong person, but I didn't feel that way. I was burnt out. I was a struggling caregiver who often cried on the bathroom floor wondering how to get through the next moment. I didn't know how I was going to live without my husband once he was gone. I didn't feel strong. He was strong. He was the one with cancer and no ability to walk, very little communication, Many days I just looked at him and thought, I have no right to feel sad or or to feel so burnt out. Then after he died, it was 11 days after he died, I had a suicide attempt. Doesn't that make me the opposite of strong? Those are some of the thoughts that I've sat with, but... I think as I've moved into this space of now decompressing and shifting through grief that is never linear, I'm now able to say with a little more ease that I do see that I'm strong. As I said, I wish I didn't have something that I had to be strong for, but I did. And grief after being a caregiver can be so complex. Leave you questioning things you did or didn't do, have you wondering if you made mistakes or should have, could have, would have. But one thing I can say with certainty is that I did a phenomenal job taking care of my husband and being there for him. And no questioning can take that away from me. I didn't give up. When hospitals suggested a nursing home, even his own family, knowing he wouldn't want that, I kept him home with me. When we were told he couldn't apply for medical assistance in dying, I advocated and fought for his right to die. I recognize the strength now that that took. 
I mean, I didn't want him to die. I loved him, but I loved him enough to let him die with dignity because that's what he wanted. When you're living the cancer caregiving journey, you just do things almost in a natural response to the situation. It's just what you do for people you love, right? You show up. You show up with your fear, your uncertainty, your anxiety, your sadness, and your grief all in tow. Since he's been gone, I've had some moments where I wonder how I can go on. And I read a quote by Sheryl Sandberg in the book Option B that said, He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. So every day I get up and I look for a reason why I need to be here. I look for my courage. It could be my son, my dog, because I have goals, or maybe because I want to visit Ireland one day. I always look for a reason, but mostly it's because my husband's life mattered and I get to continue to tell his story. I couldn't agree more with Suze about this idea of having a why to live for. This is the reason caregivers often feel so lost after losing a loved one, because the most important why of their existence for weeks, months, and sometimes years all of a sudden no longer exists. It can bring up such a confounding mix of emotions, anger, relief, and sadness, just to name a few. It's easy to get stuck in that mix, so sometimes finding an external why can be just enough to get us moving again. Isabel shared a similar sentiment. When I got diagnosed, there are so many, obviously, negative thoughts that went through my mind, including, you know, why me and I'm doing the right things. And then, you know, I realized it's just what it is, you know, which is just about how you set your mindset. But for me, even though I could have gone into, you know, a victimization mode and, you know, have everybody come give me sympathy because I had cancer. That's not who I am. And no matter what, again, I feel like there's always people less fortunate than I am. So in the realm of cancer, right? I mean, I, I met other people who lost family members who almost died themselves. And I'm like, you know, my cancer was nothing like that. Who am I to really complain about this? And there's so many people who, you know, you can help by doing such little acts of kindness that that's really what I get excited to do. And, you know, it's about thinking about others and not just about how about your life maybe and, and wanted to keep giving your heart out there. And I believe, you know, in some kind of karma that the more you give and eventually the more you will get and, you know, not letting cancer disrupt that. Often, though, the emotions we experience are just too overwhelming, and we need to lean into the support of our community. Sometimes that's family and friends, but it often could be strangers who's been on similar paths. Matthew shared his experience with this. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, um, this was five years ago, I was extremely healthy at the time. I was a personal trainer. I was you know, eating the right foods, doing everything. And then all of a sudden, I get this diagnosis of cancer saying that I have an 11 centimeter tumor in my small intestine, that they think it's the highest stage of cancer. They just don't know at the moment. And all these emotions and all of this like crazy news just started flooding into my life. And Women are a lot better at this than men, I will say this, but like us men, I feel like we're perceived as if we share something that is vulnerable to us, it is a sign of us having less courage. And 
that's how I felt in the moment. And I felt that if I were to express my emotions in the time of struggle, that other people would perceive me as somebody who is just like a weak individual. But what I realized was as time went on, as I realized that your toughest battles in life can never be fought alone. You need to have some type of support. You need to have some type of faith and you need to have some type of courage. And for me, it started with just opening up to somebody that I could know, like, and trust. And for me, it started with my girlfriend at the time, Lauren. And I remember I was right about to start chemotherapy and, you know, I just started breaking down crying. And I didn't know if when we first gave her the news, I didn't know if she wanted to be with me still. It was just a lot to put into her life. But I knew once she said, I'm not going to, you know, falter and I'm going to be there every step of the way, I kind of let my guard down at the moment and just like all my emotions flooded. And as I started doing that, it was almost like this like massive weight that I'd been holding on to me was finally starting to release because I will tell you this, you're actually the strongest when you're willing to share with what you're going through. And us men and and women too, I just want to let you know that it's actually a good thing to open up at times. And you don't have to open up to the world. You don't have to do what I'm doing even, but I like doing it now because I know that this is something that needs to be shared to individuals that your courage comes from your most vulnerable moments, from your most difficult moments, from the most challenging moments of your life, because failure is actually part of your success in life. And when you get knocked down, just know that that is actually what's going to help progress you forward. And for me, um, not just cancer, but I had other many complications. I was in a coma for two weeks. I had kidney and liver failure. I was in the ICU for over 40 days, had to learn to walk again, drop down from 185 pounds to 110 pounds in a matter of eight months. And literally, I mean, I was rebuilding my entire life again. And if I tried to do this all by myself without my faith and my support system, I would not be here today. And that's where I want to share the importance of courage and opening up and being willing to share and ask for help. And you can do it with two different ways. The one way I started with was with somebody I know, like, and trust. And another way is somebody like you can relate to. Like for me, I also, when I was going through chemotherapy, had a guy who had already survived testicular cancer. So I was diagnosed, by the way, with stage 3C testicular cancer, which is basically stage 4 testicular cancer. So he had just overcame that battle. And for me to open up to him was extremely relieving as well, because a lot of the times our emotions, it's hard for the people who haven't actually gone through it to relate to some of the things that you're feeling. But when somebody's actually gone through that challenging moment in life and you can share with what you're going through they understand exactly how you feel and it makes you feel like you're not alone in that situation. I love it when we're reminded of the importance of asking for help. Living in this hyper-individualistic culture, the fear of being a burden to others is so deeply ingrained, and I was not an exception to this. But if you ask people if they felt burdened by having to help someone, that's generally not their experience. In fact, someone once told me that giving other people the opportunity to help in a way they're able to can actually be a gift to others. Now to close out the series, we're going to hear from Ashley. You'll notice that while she talked about courage from the perspective of a caregiver, so much of it rings true for anyone dealing with cancer. It just shows how intertwined the experiences of caregivers Patients and survivors can be. 
Courage is waking up every day grateful that my person is still alive. Courage is giving my person space and grace when he becomes frustrated with lapses in his memory, the fact that he has physically changed, and the emotional and physical trauma and pain. Courage is showing up to every doctor appointment and every MRI scan, even when the scanxiety attacks my emotions and well-being. Courage is staying strong despite knowing that cancer may come back in the future. Courage is living every single day to the fullest with hope and love. Ashley is the owner of Timeless Dream Events, where she helps terminally ill individuals and their families celebrate life and love. You can learn more about her cancer story in her new book, Travel Lost Found. And that's a wrap for the Courage Micro Series. Another big shout out to everyone who took the time to share their reflections and gave us the opportunity to explore what courage looks like when dealing with cancer and grief. If you have ideas for topics you'd like me to explore in future micro-series, please let me know. You can email me at info at talkaboutcancerpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>